The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engaged, a Wall Street alum, top WB CEO and LinkedIn top voice. I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, D. I'm Mita Malik, a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly, a mother. My superpower is storytelling. You're actually being really modest, but we'll let you go with that. Um, Okay. Okay. Um, I was waiting for that. That's every other episode. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody, if you've been listening to the show, you know, Mita and I started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman and from Mita, her view as a South Asian woman at our table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out. And then we provide you with tips that you need on how to thrive, not just how to survive, but how do you thrive in organizations where you are? Um, And so I'll say this. So Mita is a storyteller. So always on the show, she she always kicks us off with great stories. Um, But you should also follow, she contributes to... um, Harvard Business Review, among many, and several other, several other, several other um, publications from, I think, Inc. Entrepreneur. You pretty much have contributed everywhere. Um, and so you have such a powerful voice, Mita, but I noticed you did not share that with our audience. Okay, um, we'll leave it at that. You know what? Actually, that's an episode. That's an episode where we talked about, you know... Yes culturally sharing and not. So we'll, at the end of the show, we'll, we'll, we'll have to reset on where that episode is and how you can plug in. But for today's show, Mita, tell us, what are we talking about? Well, you also forgot to tell the audience in your intro that you're my publicist, but that's for (laughs) another... Well, you know what? This is what friends do. We're real. So if you just tuned into the show, we're actually real friends. Um, So (laughs) which is how the show came about. (laughs) Basically, I have sacrificed my friendship with Mita. So all of us spilling the tea or she and I spilling the tea um, offline is now online. So we save all of the juicy stories for you and we make them meaningful. And um, it's certainly appropriate. Mita as an executive, me as a CEO at Diverse and Engage, both of us thought leaders, both of us LinkedIn top voices. We have this amazing platform, a partnership with LinkedIn. And so we have just converted these stories into um, you know, ways that you can benefit, whether you are a woman of color or whether you are an ally plugging in, an advocate, a champion. We want to make this meaningful for you. So, Mita, where do we go from there? I said, I think we're done with the episode for today. <laughs> dropping the gems and dropping the mic. Okay, D, I can't, I don't even, I, I'm like... I'm going to say it out loud because we talked about it. We didn't talk about it. You teed it up. You wouldn't let me talk about it. We saved it for today. Oh, but this is what we're going to talk about. Stop saying you don't look ethnic. 
Oh, I hate to say it out loud. Stop saying you don't look ethnic. It's painful to say out loud. And this episode is for our allies. If you're a woman of color listening, I am sure your heart just sank or your stomach just dropped because either it's happened to you or you have been there when this has happened to someone else. And this episode is really for allies. So please lean in, pull up a chair and listen up. And so Dee and I are going to chat about this. We've got some stories and some tea to spill, and then we'll leave some tips at the end for the allies. Dee, you and I briefly talked about this. You wouldn't share, but I Mm -hmm. believe it was an audience member who had reached out and we wanted to talk about it live. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, you know, I think it was part of um, a shock and awe in her experience on the job. And there were a number of things that were concerning for her. But one in particular is, you know, you don't you don't look or you don't sound or you you, know, you don't look ethnic. Um, and, and it was in a friendly space or a friendly conversation. Oh. So it was clearly a blind spot. Um, you know, on the part of the the colleague or the coworker, um, but it was. I mean, she was devastated. She she just. I mean, she she shared with me and um, you know sent me a message, but just devastated that you know one that there was the question of not being enough and looking enough, but but also it was the devastation of not knowing how to respond. Like, what do you oh. do when it is? Yeah, which is what do you do? You know, because it's easier to respond or react to more evil, blatant, uh, you know, racism and such. But when you're at work and dealing with microaggressions and blind spots, that's a, and, and your job is at stake or your reputation is at stake. It's, it's, you know, it's difficult, it's challenging, it's overwhelming, it's traumatic, it's triggering to know how to respond to that. So that's what it was. Oof. Well, D, I've got a story that you haven't heard. I'm pretty sure you oh, haven't God. heard Oh, here, here we go. Let me get a drink. You're like, oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> D's like, let me buckle up. Let me, let me buckle up. Everybody get so a drink. I, I went to school in college in New York City, and... I went to school in the the neighborhood of the Upper West Side, which some of you may know. It's a pretty diverse neighborhood. I have been, it was during that time and for most of my early in my career, I've been mistaken a lot for being Hispanic. And people will try to speak to me in Spanish. They'll get annoyed. This happened to be in school a lot. I would get comments like, oh, but you have Hispanic features. And uh, what does that mean? Oh like, gosh. can we call oh that racist? God. Like, what does that mean when you start saying features, oh right? Gosh. But yeah. it, so yeah. that had always plagued me. And I don't mm-hmm. speak Spanish, and I wish I did actually. But I know, me too. I, I was sort of just like, why? Why do people get? They, they think because of how they see me or how I look. Because in our brains, it's easier to process. Like, oh, yeah. let me just put me in a box. Right. I don't want to have to do the work to get to know her. She looks like X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm -hmm. So the ethnic piece is really upsetting that like you don't look ethnic. Like what Mm -hmm. the bleep does that mean? It's so upsetting. But in my twenties, D one of my first jobs, there was a ERG. There was a few ERGs and there was specifically a Hispanic ERG. 
Mm. And they need to take a picture for something. And a white leader man came up to me and said, can you come stand in this picture? Because we need more people who are Hispanic in the photo. And I said, but I'm not Hispanic. And he said, oh, that doesn't matter. No. Just come stand in the photo. This is my very I was like 21, 22. And I was horrified because I didn't know what to do. But here's the thing. It's not like it was a photo for, you know, because we've talked about ERGs on the show. ERGs are not just a place. Yes, it is a place for the person who identifies with the ERG, but we also want allies to be involved in ERGs. This was not a photo with allies. Let me just be clear. And so I didn't know what to do. Do you know what I did? I went and hid in the bathroom. I didn't want to be in the photo. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, this is so... And the fact that he said, oh, it doesn't matter that you're not Hispanic. Go stand in the photo. And I was like, huh? And I couldn't process it because this is my first time like at a job. And I'm like, what? I don't understand what's going on. But I knew I felt really uncomfortable about it. That's all I knew, but I didn't have the language. And so I went, that's what I do. I went and hid in the ladies' room for a bit. I I think I've heard the story of... That's my go-to. I hide in the ladies. Yeah. Room, so that's not that. yeah. This is so painful. Um Hi. it's so painful. So first, let me just say, friend, I, I mean, I'm I'm just so sorry. We we make light of our we make our, our experiences meaningful. Um, and we make light, we laugh to keep from crying a lot of times, but I'm just so yes, sorry about like the experiences that we have and how just where we are. But I'm going to say this about people making assumptions, right? Putting you in a box of Hispanic um, and others. I know, I know everybody listening can identify because if you are, yeah, I I, I think, but it's, but there's two things I think that that's happening and not to make excuses, but just to give context for the unfortunate state of America one is mm-hmm. we were so uh, we, we were just not educated. Uh, we are mm-hmm. educated people in these United States, um, but we are uneducated about matters that are more meaningful in terms of our identity and who we yes. are. So being uneducated as a country about race and identity is why somebody would feel so comfortable to say, oh, no, it doesn't matter because there was no education. And back then the education probably could have been or would have been not necessarily just race and identity, but it would also be respect. It would actually be respect for unique differences. And so I think that's one. And then uh, then there's bias. There is the bias of every second we receive about 11 pieces of information. And our brain, right, every second, 11 million pieces of information. So our brain is trying to automatically process and help us out, mm-hmm. right? And so the right. If, so somebody seeing you, your brain, our brain automatically does the work for us rather than us uh, pausing in a lot of instances to interrupt our automatic thoughts and processes. So I say that, just to give context, because also that's the work that we do at Diverse and Engage, right? Yes, um, yes. You know, like, like, how, like, how is that even possible? And then how do we do better? 
So I, I just feel so, uh, it's so unfortunate, particularly for the man or the person who says it doesn't matter, uh, you know. And and now now let me say this. I gave two rows out or, or two sort of pieces of information. There is also a very real thing in that there are people in this country who are just plain out racist. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I said that, right? Let's just, yes. let's just be real, right? I gave a very real response and we're just, one, not educated. Two, there's sure. bias, there's brain processing. But what else do you, no, there is racist. Now, was that, could that have been that in the moment? I'm, I'm not here to judge, but I'm here to give what it could be. And then we really want to know how do we respond to those things? So anyway, yes. what were you going to say, friend? No, I was going to say that to the allies listening, we have our, our thought in our head that only we hear. And then you can control that thought and then decide to take a different action. So you meet Mita and you're curious. You're like, huh, wonder what her story is. Wonder what her ethnic origin is. Wonder, wonder, wonder. We've talked about this on the, episode, on the podcast mm-hmm. before. On the where are you from? You speak English so well. All of that sort of line of interrogation, investigation, as you would say, not microaggressions. We call things by their right name, as DC Marshall reminds us at the Brown Table Talk, racism. <laughs> so suspend that. Get to know me. Because when you get to know me, you know, get to know D, she does identify as a black woman. You don't yeah. need to know that based on how she looks. Right. Is she black? Is she not? Is Mita Indian? Is she not? Is she Hispanic? Like this is what. Yep. This is the education, as you're saying, that needs to happen. Because what is your need to put me in a box before you've even gotten to know me? Why is there that need? Why is there that need? Yeah. Oof. But D, I'll um I'll share another story about my husband. This is a test if he listens to the (laughs) podcast. Um, but like you know, his Starbucks name is Pete. His Starbucks name is Pete. We have another episode on Starbucks names, so we're just gonna call him Pete. I know you know a Pete too. Yes. So so Pete, Pete is um of Indian origin, very light skinned, and has light eyes. And so we should okay. also do D an episode on colorism, as I think our oh, our yes. viewers would really want to hear about that. So that's an, yeah. another story for another time. We're at a yeah. social event, an evening event, at a dinner party. And he has told me this happens to him, but I didn't believe... Of course, I believe him, but I had never seen it, right? Let me just say, I had never seen it. I believed him, but I had never seen it in action. At a dinner party, mingling, meeting people, this is some years back, and we meet this white woman, and I think she sort of starts the questioning, like, not the where are you from, but tell me your story, right? And so my, my husband, Pete, is like, oh, you know, my, my parents are from, from India, First generation was born and raised here. No, you're not Indian. There's no way. No, you're not Indian. I could have swore you were German or Egyptian, which he gets a lot. And it's like, but what's fascinating is this woman continues on. So that's the interesting thing that I've seen play out. It's like Mm -hmm. someone will say, no. I'm not Hispanic. No, you are. Like, I don't know how I identify. And so to watch this happen in a social setting, and it's different than work, right? But it's also, you're watching this unfold, and he handled it really gracefully and really Mm -hmm. elegantly. And he was just like, I'm Indian. Yeah, I'm Indian. Yeah, not German, not Egyptian. (laughs) Yes, I'm Indian. Proud, proud Indian. Indian. I'm proud Indian. No, I'm Indian. 
proud Indian first generation. (laughs) I gave it to you. Like, I mean. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing. New currencies come and go. Decades of savings lost in days. All showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. uh, We'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. Lady. D, here's what is interesting, is that in that situation, and this has happened at work, I've seen it happen as well, either to myself Mm -hmm. or others, it's the disbelief. Okay, so you misidentified me in terms of how I identify you identified yeah. me as Hispanic. And I've said, actually, no, I'm not Hispanic. I identify as a woman of color. I'm of South Asian descent. No. No. Really? You're not his... What, what is the... Oh, no. Really? Like, what is that part about? Because just get to yeah. the... Okay, you misidentified me. Got it. I'm going to be kind and just say, no, this is how I identify. Don't speak Spanish, not Hispanic. And then it's the disbelief, which is what I saw happened to my husband firsthand. Right. And I think the response, the better, res- the, the appropriate response is, you know what? My apologies. Thanks for educating me. Right. Ooh. It's thanks for educating me. My apologies. Wait, That's wait, how- write it down, yeah. grab a pen, yes. grab a paper That's allies. It. There it is. She just told you what to say. It's so simple. Just, That's it. Apolo- and definitely apologize. And you know what? My apologize. Thanks for educating me. And that's it. Don't say anything else. And can I, can I go on? This is going to be in the tips. Yeah. This is why, again, you see a lot of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging training. This is the work that we do. Uh, we do cultural competence yes. training. Um, but also, even if it wasn't that, Mita, this is why I'm always encouraging leaders to, this should be part of your development plan because you don't yes. want to be the leader who offline at a social event was known to have insulted, let's say, CEO, who happens to be first-generation Indian, and he he's the CEO of. And even if he wasn't the CEO, let's just say he's a principal. Let's just say he serves yes. on the, the public school board or whatever. It, it's not as if his role m- makes him um, or, or increases his value, but you don't want to be the person in a social setting where that happened and then word gets back because then it questions, unfortunately, unfortunately, your leadership 
should you, and write this down and we'll come back to it, put in the parking lot. Can you be trusted to lead people if you are not, let me, Mm. let me, let me sip sips tea, sips tea. Go ahead. You take it from here, friend. Go ahead. What what say you? (laughs) I'm literally sipping the tea. Oh, take it. You're right. Take it. But, but the tr- what did you say? You say this a lot at the Brown Table Talk podcast. If you don't know how to lead a multicultural, diverse workforce in this century in these United States of America, like you shouldn't be leading a business. You should. You be and and should you have a PNL? Should you have a PNL? Should you be responsible right. for running the business? And if you, because people is how. Right. I mean, we've said it on other for folks who have it's been true, though, for some time. Yeah. They know we've said this, you know, but but D, I need to ask you this. Why do you think so? First of all, pause and rewind. Go back to what D said. Pen paper. I apologize. Thank you for educating me. My apologies. Thank you for educating me. However you want to take mm-hmm. that sentiment and put it into your own words. But why do you think, and this has happened at work. So at the social party, someone listening might be like, oh, she was a little drunk. She might've been tipsy. She didn't mean it. I've seen that happen at work. Why do you think there's this disbelief? D, you're not black, really? No, really? Why? Why is there that after you've said politely, kindly, I identify as a black woman. And then there's this whole like, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think there's a number of things. I think one, um, people don't want to be made wrong. They want, they, they don't want to be wrong. So their assumptions and their, from their background, their education yeah. and their insight, and, you know, they, they don't want to be wrong. And so they've already put you in a box. And so, um, yeah, I think that insisting is, is instinct. It's re it's reaction and re, and respond. No, it's reacting and I think, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. disbelief, they've already stereotyped, they've, you know, the bias has, uh, you know, their bias has allowed them uh, to put you uh, or put people in boxes of what they believe, and they want to have that supported. So I think you're Hispanic, I need that to be supported, or else what does that say about me? And this is awkward and uncomfortable. Um, again, I also think, mm-hmm. you know, we have we have just only been in this country. We've seen a lot of black and white. Even when we talk about brown here, like some people are yeah. new to brown, they're used mm-hmm. to because this the construct of these United States has right. been very black and white. And so that's why I think everything else in between is like oh you know is is questionable. So mm-hmm. yeah, okay, bias, D, a serious a, question, yeah. Go ahead. Can I be your client again? Are you taking clients? Oh no, I'm the client you can't get rid of. So, friend, ah, the boss that you are, stop. Just come on now. The Seriously, you, you just are. dropped some gems there. Dropped some gems there. You did. You unpacked it. I because people always want to be right, particularly leaders. Right? Leaders be right. need to show that they're right. Listen, sidebar. Remember, remember you. Right. Remember you shared. Sidebar, remember you shared the story when you were at the table with the guy who insisted that he had yes. met you? Remember that story? I mean, in yes. fact, that was an Emmy award-winning production. If we ever had a an awards for like top five moments of Brown Table Talk history of like <gasps> lived experiences, we should do a show on that. That story of a leader mm. who who refused to be wrong. 
and you're going to be who I say that you will be, like that is a top five of a lived experience that we can all learn from. Because that, if we investigated and unpack that, he he was not going to be wrong. He was not going to be. And, listen, and he friends, go back and listen. He didn't go. He did yes. not know how to come out of it. He didn't know how to come out of it because now he's humiliated. He is humiliated because I would be humiliated. Like, oh my god, I keep calling you Donna, and your name is Minta. Oh, Donna, <laughs> Donna. I got to play this out. I got to go with it. Listen, everybody. We're gonna we're gonna come back in a second. Let's pull this together, and you can go back and listen to all the other episodes, and you'll be able to get caught up on this scenario. So, but on this show, we're talking about what to do when, oh, you don't look ethnic enough. So, Mita, let's bring, bring us back. Tighten us up, because I don't even know where we are on the show. I have I no can't. idea. Wait, I have to just say to our viewers, go back and listen to that episode. It's a gem. It is a gem. The gentleman who was convinced he met me in Singapore, I've never been to Singapore. But anyways, onward and upward. So, D, as we wrap up and we get to the tips, this episode is really for allies. Because here's the thing. It's not for me when someone comes to me and says, oh, you don't look this way. You don't look that way. You don't look ethnic. Because, unfortunately, oftentimes when these things happen at work, guess what? I have to smile and I have to be kind and I have to say, oh, no, actually, I identify this way. Right? Because how I might handle that in a social setting is very different than at work. I don't have the privilege to actually truly express my outrage or my hurt or the harm that's been inflicted when you consistently or you just persist and you say, oh, no, no, you are that when you're not. Because it's saying, that's what I want you to be also. Like, that's what I want you to be. Like, oh, no, I don't want you. I want you. Because... I mean, there's so much here. There's so, and this is why I love that we do this show, my friend, because I think our conversations, well, we know, we get the feedback. Our conversations are real and true and authentic. They're educating. This social learning here is high value, right? And, And it's helping us all to do better, do better, be better in in the workplace and in the world, right? Um, This is the work that we do at Diverse and Engage. Our big why is to help people better connect, communicate, Mm -hmm. and respect unique differences. And so this cultural piece is so super big and it has to continue. Like this has no expiration date. Um, We have to continue the work of learning about culture. Um, Yes. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, All right, so now we're going to move into our tips. And so, what a show, Mita. Now we got to mm. chunk this down. So why don't you kick us off with our tips? Yeah, I'll do one and two, D, and then I'll hand it back over to you for three. I think number one is don't put people in a box. Don't label people. Get to know them. We talked about that. Yeah. Number two, mm-hmm. wow, D, so powerful what you said is really about leaders needing to accept when they're wrong. And what you said, again, so beautiful, pen and paper, write it down, everyone listening. My mistake, my apologies. Thank you for educating me. Thank you for educating me. D, my friend, number three. And number three is this is about your professional development plan. 
It's mm-hmm. educate yourself. So educate yourself on uh, different cultures or various cultures, and not just culture, but uh, different dimensions of diversity uh, is the best way to do better. So add this to your plan, add this to your professional plan, add this to your professional development plan, and never make the mistake again or the same mistake again. Mm. And I'm going to leave the tips on browntabletalkpodcast.com. Well, that's it, Dee. What an episode. Thank you so much. So grateful for you, our friendship. Thank you to the LinkedIn Podcast Network and to women of color and allies who joined us at our table. Please share this conversation with someone who needs to hear it today. And we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com.